0: I've been on Twitter again uh, because I love to be online and slowly poison my brain. Uh, It's good to me. One of the things that did the rounds on Twitter recently for way longer than it needed to considering the state of the world was the Hollywood Chris ranking. If you don't love to poison your brain via the Bluebird app, you might have been spared this completely stupid saga. In which case, I envy you, but I'm about to pass on some of my brain worms. Sorry! (laughs) Basically, TV writer Amy Berg, who tweets at Bergopolis, posted a picture of the four Chrises of the apocalypse. Sorry, I mean, um, the the four Hollywood Chrises. That's Evans, Hemsworth, Pine, and Pratt. With the caption, one has to go. I love the phrasing of that. Like, in order to regain some semblance of order, we must eliminate a single Chris. It's the only way. What seems like an innocuous enough question immediately spiralled out of control when the replies were so overwhelmingly in favour of taking out Pratt in this glorified game of fuck, marry, kill, that he was actually trending on Twitter for a period of time. And then a bunch of actors that he worked with on the Marvel film stepped in and were like, you don't know him, he's a nice man. Well, specifically it was Mark Ruffalo and Robert Downey Jr., neither of whom I trust to have an opinion, by the way. Ruffalo is too on his lovey-dovey-everyone-be-nice bullshit, and RDJ-I-don't-trust-for-rich-people reasons. Never trust a rich man. Guillotine first. Questions later. Anyway, rather than making people actually be nice to Chris Pratt, people instead started even more online discourse about the moments that celebrities choose to defend other celebrities' Boys' clubs, and the fact that Chris Pratt gave away his elderly cat on Twitter one time. Everything happens so much, uh, and I think we all deserve to be given a time out from the internet. Or at the very least, we all need to not have access to the musings of celebrities literally constantly. Celebrities should be kept on a little island where they only have to interact with each other, and then once every four years, we make a chosen few fight to the death. Sort of like in the Hunger Games. But the whole schmozzle got me thinking. Chris Pratt had a moment of being likeable and charming once many moons ago. How did he fall from grace? And who is the reigning king of the Chrises? I'm Alex, this is Pop Culture Boner, the podcast edition, and today I'm ranking Hollywood Chrises. Hi, and welcome to what will undoubtedly be the stupidest episode of this podcast that I will ever write. (laughs) Uh, Usually, when I write these, I try and, I don't know, have like some sort of point or like a proper thought process. Uh, But it's the end of the year, and I've lost my tiny mind. So instead, you get this, uh, which Wes has affectionately dubbed the Chris cast. We're already off to a good start. Let's get on with it, shall we? Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to definitively rank the Hollywood Chrises. In these unprecedented times, there is so much suffering in the world, so much division, and so many Hollywood Chrises. As a population, we cannot possibly be expected to live in a world where at any given moment, at least four men on the red carpet will be named Chris and every single one of them will have been in a comic book movie. We need a guiding light. We need a definitive ranking of the Chrises. And like Moses returning from the mountaintop, I am here with my stone tablets to make a call. Why am I qualified to make such large calls on the behalf of the general population? Well, for one thing... I have the extremely refined taste in men that only someone who completely refuses to date them could possibly have. I'm not a lesbian. My standards are just extremely high. And for another thing, I've developed a marking rubric. How many of you can say that you have a marking rubric for Chris's, huh? That's right. While you were out partying, I was studying the Chris, and now the Chris discourse is here, and you're unprepared, but not me. I'm ready. Allow me to introduce you to my extremely complex and scientifically rigorous Chris ranking process. In order to determine the king of the Chrises, we must first determine what makes a good Chris. There are five factors that need to be considered in determining the perfection of the Chris. This is primarily because I made an Excel spreadsheet for this, uh, with a scoring out of 10 for each category, and Doing five categories (laughs) makes the maths easier. Uh, The first category is combined handsomeness and likability. Now, in an ideal world, we would weight these things equally in this category. But this isn't an ideal world, so sometimes handsomeness will outweigh likability, and vice versa. The second category is acting talent to good movie ratio, which is fairly self-explanatory. What's their catalogue like? Good? Bad? Mixed? Are they saving films by the grace of their good performance? The third category is scandals. Now, I'm not giving more points for a squeaky clean record necessarily. We must examine the content of the scandals. Giving a Nazi salute at a white power rally is not the same as public fornication, you know? I'm not suggesting uh, that any Chris has done any of these things. I'm just saying content is key. The fourth category is the extremely important would-they-be-nice-to-me category. You might think this is the same as likability. You are incorrect. I'm talking about the vibes. If we had gone to high school together, would we have been cool? If we were in our mid-twenties, stuck at a really boring corporate function, are we locked in conspiratorial conversation in the corner or have they drunk the corporate Kool-Aid? Vibes, baby. Vibes. And the fifth and final category is a wild card. Sometimes people have something about them that fits into none of the above categories but actually makes them delightful and therefore raises their power as a Chris. This allows us to take that into account across the board. At the end of this rating process, each Chris receives a score out of 50, which is then converted into an overall percentage for final Chris rankings. Like I said, it's an incredibly scientific and utterly flawless process. I've even factored in the prevalence of the name Chris throughout Hollywood. I've considered whether the four Chrises of the apocalypse are actually the most powerful Chrises, or whether there are other Chrises waiting in the wings. After all, a definitive ranking of Hollywood Chrises would include all potential heirs to the Chris throne, and not just the four that appear in a popular meme. Now... (laughs) If you've ever done an undergraduate degree, this is the part of the paper where I explain to you why I didn't do the thing I just said would be the best way to proceed. (laughs) For your consideration, some other Hollywood chrises, Chris Rock came to mind, but I haven't seen the third season of Fargo, and the last thing I saw him in before that was an Adam Sandler movie. I also thought of Chris Tucker, because he was in an Oscar bait film and also The Fifth Element but then I wasn't really sure if he hit the sweet spot for being declared a sex symbol in the way that other Chrises are. That might just be my taste though. If there are any Chris Tucker fuckers out there, you let me know. I'm happy to be corrected. Chris O'Dowd is a nice Irish man, but hardly a sex symbol. Christopher Lee is very tall, but unfortunately deceased. Topher Grace lost his Chris privileges when he started going by Topher, and Chris Angel is a crime and will not be acknowledged. There are other Chrises too numerous to mention, and look, I could rank them, but the thing that relegates these Chrises to second string is that they're currently less in demand than Evans, Pratt, Hemsworth, or Pine, and they're less bankable. I mean, this whole list is just like varying degrees of rich guy, but Chris Hemsworth was on the Forbes list of highest paid celebrities like three years running. I think he made something like $64 million in 2018. You know who wasn't on the rich list? Chris Tucker probably due to a run-in with the IRS, but never mind. Anyway, uh, Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, and Chris Evans are all just as bankable as Hemsworth, due in part to their attachment to big comic book franchises like Marvel or DC, or other huge properties like Jurassic World and Star Trek. In doing so, they've boldly gone where no Chris has gone before and formed an unholy regime of nice enough dudes named Chris dominating red carpets and Hollywood blockbusters. So, uh, without any further ado, let's get into the ratings. Category is handsomeness and likability. Now look, on the handsomeness front, I think there are two clear winners and two clear losers. Chris Hemsworth, objectively, looks like something that someone would draw if you were like, hey, can you draw like a really archetypally hot buff dude, please? He's the paper that you would get back. Chris Evans kind of similar, although with slightly less Australian surf jock aesthetics. Both of them are what guys who draw buff dudes for superhero comics are aiming for. Broad shoulders, narrow waist, great ass. Like a Dorito chip but with buns of steel. Chris Pratt is handsome, but the overall vibe is a little bit too much like guy who should have peaked in high school having the audacity to peak at 40. Or maybe you just preferred him when he was kind of chubby, which is also a valid point. Chris Pine looks like someone aiming for Hugh Grant-esque English fop, but unable to quite reach those giddy heights because through no fault of his own, he's American. But are they likable? Well, uh, Hemsworth has the goal to look like that and also be gifted with impeccable inc- comic timing, which is a real asshole move. You know how many years I had to spend cultivating a goddamn personality to make up for my face? This shit is exhausting. And he has the audacity to do both, which is also the way to my heart, unfortunately. Chris Evans, similarly delightful, if a little bit more self-deprecating and earnest. Chris Pine lacks some of the cheeky wink and nudge charm that Hemsworth and Evans have, but he is delightfully funny. I watched like a bunch of interviews to make these decisions and he always seems slightly dazed by the attention but also ready with a joke. He also seems delighted by his status as Wonder Woman's boyfriend in the Wonder Woman films which I appreciate. Now Chris Pratt's likability is difficult because you're looking effectively at like two eras of Pratt, Parks and Recreation Pratt, so PRP for short, or Post-PRP Pratt. So, like, P-P-R-P-P, I guess. (laughs) Never mind. Parks and Rec Pratt is a goofy little dude who makes up songs when he accidentally breaks props and is charming in interviews. Even leaving aside the scandals, which have influenced this, but which we'll cover later, post-PRP Pratt has the energy of someone who started working out as part of a midlife crisis. (laughs) where his online presence used to be kind of sweet and funny, now it's just grating. He ranked it a six overall, and given that I gave everyone else like eights, Pratt is bringing up the rear fresh out the gate. Next category is acting talent to good movie ratio. This one's kind of tough because I am but one woman, and I have only seen so many films. The fact that all of them, with the exception of Chris Pine, have been in a whopping total of 12 Marvel movies between them means that a lot of what I could remember of them is just this, like, brightly coloured blob of action cinema. Evans has spent the last nine years playing Captain America. Over half his films in that time period are cap-related, and that's not even including all of the cameos that he was contractually obligated to do as part of the deal. So, what's happening in between? Well, because Evans looks... (laughs) like that... He's been a leading man, or at least a parody of a leading man, for most of his career. Anyone remember Not Another Teen Movie? Because I sure do. Pratt had a lot of small roles in things I love, like Jennifer's Body. He came out of a long-running and much-beloved TV series into a few Oscar-nominated films, like Zero Dark Thirty and Her, before eventually being cast in Guardians of the Galaxy, which turned him into something seriously bankable. Hemsworth, in his downtime, seems to do a lot of -of middle-of-the-road army guy movies, which is a shame because when you see Thor, Ragnarok, and Ghostbusters, he's actually a really good comedic actor. Why would I want to see an extremely good comedic actor run around with a machine gun? I don't. (laughs) Of all the filmographies, I've seen the least Pine films, and this is partially because he's been less attached to huge franchises over the years than the other four but I loved him as an alcoholic war veteran and failed journalist in I Am The Night. He gets extra points for not always being a handsome, good guy in a leading role. I'm giving Hemsworth and Pine sevens and Pratt and Evans eights in this one. Our third category is scandals. Now, like I said, I'm judging scandals on their content, not their absence. So the more pleasant the scandal, the better. As a whole, the Chris's are pretty boring guys. Pine had a minor drink-driving incident in New Zealand. He was fined 93 New Zealand dollars, which I think is like the equivalent of about 15 American cents, to be honest. Hemsworth was a bit mean to Miley Cyrus once, but mostly he keeps an enormous property in Byron Bay, which I'm marking him down for because fuck building a McMansion in a water-poor country, you know? The first actual scandal is the fact that Evans posted a picture of his own dick to Instagram about a month ago. He did it in the most could have happened to anyone way possible, where he posted a screen recording of a video, but forgot to crop the end so we all saw his camera roll and subsequent badly lit dong photo. I actually think the more embarrassing thing about this was how many pictures of himself from photo shoots he had saved to his phone, but I imagine he feels differently. I'd probably feel differently too if my dick was out. Anyway, point is... When he finally spoke up about it, he just said, now that I have your attention, go vote. Which on the spectrum of politics adjacent dick incidents is on the milder end, and we have to give him credit for that. Stay tuned for my episode definitively ranking politics adjacent dick incidents, probably. Pratt is the actual problem here. There have been approximately 4,000 think pieces on this, so I will be as brief as humanly possible. Essentially, while he's never said anything explicit, there's a lot to point toward Chris Pratt having bypassed a bit conservative and gone straight into wingnut territory. His Instagram followers include human wankstain Ben Shapiro, who is a right-wing commentator, whose most recent greatest hits include Taking Offence to the Song Wet-Ass Pussy, in such a way that he inadvertently revealed that he's never made his wife wet. There's also a bunch of Republican politicians and Turning Point USA who are a group who keep tabs on so-called left-wing professors who discriminate against conservatives. Uh, That whole last bit was said with inverted commas, you can't see me, that's what I'm doing. Uh, And just in case you hadn't picked up on it, an incredible overtone of (laughs) scepticism. Anyway... Uh, He's also a member of the US chapter of the Hillsong Church. Now, I'm Australian. I know about Hillsong, and they are my least favourite flavour of God Squad. They sprout all sorts of homophobic garbage, and they've been supporters of conversion therapy internationally. They also make just incredibly bad Christian rock music. (laughs) And this is why he was voted the worst Chris on Twitter, and why I'm giving him a 2 in this category when everyone else gets an 8. Okay, two more categories to go. Next up is the all-important would-they-be-nice-to-me category. This again feels obvious, but I'll do my best to explain the vibes in order from best vibes to least good. Chris Evans is obviously the nicest. Uh, You can tell this by the fact that he accidentally posted a picture of his dick to the internet and everyone was like, good for him. What a nice man. Chris Pine has huge bitchy brunch energy, like we'd bond over mimosas and mutual dislikes. Chris Hemsworth seems like he would very politely introduce himself to me every single time we met and then immediately forget my name. And that's okay, but it's not great. Chris Pratt's uh, peaked in high school vibes make me suspicious and I'm on edge looking at him. Evans is still leading and Pratt is still bringing up the rear. Will the final wildcard category reveal any new information? Could there be an upset? Let's take a look and see what everyone's bringing to the table. Much like the scandals, it was a little bit difficult to find tidbits on the Chrises because given their overall fame, the pieces of information that are publicly available about them are fairly heavily curated. Chris Evans can tap dance and was taught to do so by his mum, which really only adds to those good boy vibes, but as a wild card, lacks a certain pizzazz. Chris Hemsworth got his start on inexplicably long-running soap opera Home and Away, which we include as a wild card because there's something quite charming about being a good actor getting your start on truly bad Australian television. It's kind of soft though, as a, a ranking, you know? Anyway, Chris Pratt was an unsuccessful stripper, which is getting closer to what you want in an actual wildcard, but with his right-wing leanings, the vibe is all wrong. No, the actual best wild card comes from Chris Pine. His whole being is kind of a wild card. Like, did you know he still uses a flip phone in 2020? What a man. The best bit, though, the bit that I'm using to rank the wild card is that while he was an English major at Berkeley, he took an erotic fiction class. <laughs> I will read the tweets to you. They're from Dana Costa tweeting at Chair Adventures, um, and I'll read them because they're, they're pretty great. She says, I student taught an erotica class at UC Berkeley in 2002, and Chris Pine was in it. He is a fantastic writer and was never creepy, even though we were all constantly discussing sex. We had a reader full of stories and comics, and we did a different topic every week. Everyone wrote a story a week, and then a couple of people each time read theirs out loud in class, and then we workshopped them. Now, picture it with me. Something about Chris Pine on the brink of launching his career by playing a dashing prince in an Anne Hathaway movie, that's Princess Diaries 2, a royal engagement, respectfully reading his erotica to the class is delightful to me. Perfect. 10 out of 10. Which means, in a surprise come-from-behind upset, Chris Pine pips Chris Evans at the post to be crowned king of the Chrises. With a total of 82%. Evans gets second on 81, Hemsworth gets third on 75, and Twitter is proved right for once with my incredibly scientific formula, finding Chris Pratt to be the worst Chris at 56%. What has this episode taught us? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> what do I want you to take away from it? Ah, uh, shit. I-, I don't know. If I had to rustle a point out of this, I would say that this particular political moment has really placed an emphasis on how broken all of our systems are, and that includes celebrity. We expect good morals from people in positions of power, and we're elated when they have them and furious when they don't. But what does that actually do for any of us aside from generate a perpetual heartbreak cycle? Well, if nothing else, I hope that your first celebrity-related disappointment actually makes it clear to you what you value in a person. That icky feeling you get is useful. You know what you value in the world and what you don't want, which means you can help make a change. The real Chris was inside of us all along. Well, that was very silly. You're welcome. Uh, My favourite Chris is actually Christopher Maloney, uh, if we're being honest. Uh, Maloney played Detective Stabler in Law & Order SVU, but I didn't want to derail my own episode by talking about why Law & Order SVU is actually the perfect TV show. Uh, If you have strong opinions on Chris's, or on Law & Order, for that matter, uh, tell me about it next time you see me at the pub. Peace!